Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Testudo Talk podcast. As always, I'm Andrew Chodis, alongside Colin McNamara on this uh, on this Friday evening. How are you, Colin? Good, Andrew. How's it going? It's going all right. Uh, final season in order for us, so definitely a pretty busy time. You, uh, you hanging in there? Yeah, just finished my last assignment like two hours ago, so... Exciting, exciting. Uh, well, uh, not talking about us, we should probably talk about Maryland football. Uh, a lot going on there uh, with National Signing Day on the horizon, just five days away, and there's been a lot of movement in the transfer portal for the Terps. Uh, obviously, there have been some huge losses so far, but that's kind of, you know, the that's kind of college football. That's, that's the world we live in uh, now is just every team kind of has to deal with it where you're going to lose a lot of guys who are, unhappy for whatever reason not getting snaps they want to be somewhere else and i think the top guy we should talk about for maryland is uh losing jay sean barham uh last week colin what were your initial thoughts when you saw maryland star linebacker enter the portal yeah um to me it came as a shock i mean maryland um jay sean barham is the terps highest rated recruit out of the class of 2022 and he's a guy that fit the bill absolutely it came in was a stud as a freshman production dipped a little bit as a sophomore but He's been one of Maryland's biggest game changers on the defensive end. Uh, you could argue best player on the defensive end um, and dealt with a little bit of injuries last year, which may be a reason for his drop in production. But um, I mean, this is something that I didn't see coming necessarily. Um, I guess, you know, it makes sense with, you know, the whole NIL situation. And now it seems like he's going to go to Michigan, you know, be on a national championship contender. So you know, obviously wishing him all the best and with his decision making, but uh, definitely a huge, huge loss to Maryland's defense as he's a you know ma- major, major playmaker. Yeah, and and to add a little bit of a of salt into the wound, if you will, uh, he has recently taken an official visit uh, to Michigan, and 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 that seems like it might be a likely destination. And Jay Sean Barham, he wasn't the only uh, highly touted guy to enter the portal. Corey Dyches, Maryland's starting tight end, also entered the portal, and. His perennial backup for, uh, for next year uh, uh, would have been Enrico Walker. He also entered the transfer portal. You know, seeing two tight ends, Corey Dice has obviously been a really productive guy over the past few years. He kind of left. He kind of took into the starting role this year after C.J. Dupree went off to Alabama. So that's two years in a row now where uh, where Maryland has had to deal with that losing their starting tight end. Colin, just your overall thoughts on losing those two guys. Yeah, obviously huge blow, Corey Deitches. And, you know, he ended his Maryland career with a great game against Rutgers. I believe he had two catches for 60 yards and a touchdown, something along those lines. Um, yeah, he was he was a, you know, great playmaker for Maryland with Jay Sean Jones now running out of eligibility. You know, he's a guy that probably would have saw even more work, even though he led the Big Ten in receptions among tight ends. But, yeah, this is a very, very productive piece of Maryland's offense that they're losing. Um, and then as far as Rico Walker goes, um, you know, he would have had a chance to start for that tight end spot. But even then, you know, it, it wasn't really guaranteed. He didn't play much last year. I believe he only had four catches. So I don't think that's a huge blow to the Terps, although he was their highest rated recruit in 2023. But, you know, with Preston Howard and and Dylan Wade coming up, I, I think I think they'll be OK at the tight end position. Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, I think those were probably three of the more notable guys. But then when you look towards depth, uh, a position maybe of, of concern for Maryland uh, is the cornerback position. Obviously, with Tarheep still on, on his way to the NFL draft, Bo Gray looking, that's looking like most likely uh, the same outcome there. 
Maryland then lost Corey, not Corey Coley, Gavin Gibson, and Tamarcus Cooley uh, to the transfer portal over the past few weeks. So Maryland's looking really, really slim uh, at that position. And I think for me, Colin, tell me if you agree. When I saw those three guys enter a- along with, you know, Still and Brain probably not being here next year, uh, my initial thought was Maryland has, they're going to have their hands full next year in the Big Ten if they can't find some immediate replacements in that secondary. Right. I don't think they have any starting well, their only starting defensive back that's returning is Dante Trader Jr. Um, you got Bo Brady going out, but most likely, um, um, most likely, we, we kind most of most likely, yeah. yes, right, most likely Bo Braid entering the draft. Um, but you know, they have um Glenn Miller that should, that should probably step into that role pretty nicely. So, I'm not too concerned about the Bo Braid loss, although he has been one of Maryland's best defensive players over the last two years. But really, it's that cornerback room. I mean, they, they have nothing, but from what it looks like on paper, I mean, you got Tarif still um, who declared for the draft. Uh, Jaquan Shepard, I believe, is out of eligibility. And now you have Gavin Gibson and Corey Coley, who are both contributors um, playing. I believe they both played in all 12 games. Um, and now that's Maryland's four top cornerbacks. I mean, they did bring in some, some trend uh, or a transfer, I should say, which we'll get into later, but, I'm very, very concerned for this cornerback room. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, agree with you there. And there were a few games in the middle of the season where Maryland secondary, even with all the pieces it had, kind of struggled uh, this past season. So definitely concerning uh, with all the losses uh, we're seeing there. And overall, so far, uh, the, the portal opened, what's today's December 15th. So almost uh, two weeks ago, uh, Maryland has had nine players uh, leave the portal. The guys we haven't mentioned we didn't mention Ramon Brown, who came in as a highly touted four-star running back, but kind of just entered a really crowded running back room uh, with, with Roman Hemby, you know, uh, uh, Anton, Anton, oh my God, Anton Littleton. Uh, so he never really got his chance. So not much of a surprise to, surprise to see him enter the transfer portal. Riyad Wilmot, who played some meaningful snaps at linebacker, he also entered the, uh, entered the portal uh, so nine players uh, have left so far, but now we can talk about some of the incoming guys. Uh, all three seem likely to have a really, a really big role. And I think we'll start uh, no further than the quarterback. Uh, obviously with Talia Tagovailoa leaving, most people thought Maryland would go out in the portal and try to get a quarterback. And they did just that. Uh, one, one of the top 30 guys uh, 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 in the transfer rankings, MJ Morris, former NC State QB, uh, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore next year. There was some there was some noise that he might uh, be joining the Terps uh, over the past few weeks. He had a visit with LSU as well. But obviously, with Tagovailoa gone, uh, it seems like it's going to be a three-man competition next season between MJ Morris, uh, Billy Edwards, and Cam Edge. Just when, when you first saw the, the news, Colin, do you think MJ Morris, do you think he, he is kind of in line or in position to be the starter next year? Yeah, I mean, me personally, I believe he's the favorite, although it's absolutely a three-man race in Cameron Edge, uh, Billy Edwards, and and MJ Morris. I think they can all win that starting job. I would not be surprised if any of them are the starting quarterback uh, week one for Maryland. But to me, I, I feel like MJ Morris is the favorite, you know, declining to go to LSU. I believe that he feels that he has a reasonable chance to start here at Maryland. And we've seen Billy Edwards play well when he has started, but – I'm not sure if he's kind of the long-term answer, especially for the type of offense that Maryland was running this past year, where 
They couldn't really rely on the run game, which is where Billy Edwards thrives. They're more of kind of past happy, and obviously that does kind of lean on Tagovailoa and his play style. But I feel like with with Caden Prather, who's probably your best offensive player, you're going to want to get him the ball. And I feel like MJ Morris, as of right now, has the best chance to do so. Yeah, for sure. So MJ Morris looks like he's going to be in a a three-man battle for the starting job next year. I don't want to use the word uh, most talented, but maybe the most coveted guy in the terms of landing so far in the portal and at a position of need in the secondary. They landed Jalen Husky uh, from Bowling Green. We mentioned all the, all the losses the Terps are going to suffer in the secondary for this coming season, and they get a guy, a guy from Frederick, from Frederick. So coming home, that's something we've seen from Locksdale a lot through the portal. He gets a lot of guys who maybe had Maryland in their top five in the recruiting process, didn't choose them, maybe didn't have the time they wanted at another school, and Locksley kind of you know brings them back in their in their second third year. So Jalen Husky, he'll be entering his junior year. Uh, with three uh, three years of eligibility uh, remaining, he had an, outsta- an outstanding year with Bowling Green this past season. Uh, was named to the f- first team uh, All Conference. Uh, started every game. Uh, had multiple interceptions, including one against JJ McCarthy of Michigan. For me, I think I think he's a much more important get uh, than uh, than Morris. Right, and we talked about the Terps losing. Still, I think this is as good of a replacement as you can ask for. Kind of fits the role of kind of a takeaway beast with those four interceptions last year, six pass breakups, 52 tackles. It's it's kind of similar to the Jaquan Shepard get of of last year. Loxley continues to bring in these really kind good. of highly yeah. touted uh, transfer cornerbacks, and I think Jalen Husky is going to be their cornerback one right away. Yeah, and I, th- and I kind of just want to put like an overall message here because I know we're using these words highly coveted, and then we might be throwing out teams like Bowling Green, right? And I think you have to – you have to understand where where Maryland is currently positioned in college football in regards to NIL in the transfer portal. Frankly, they don't have the money right now, or even the dedication to the fo- to, to their football department to be getting these huge guys from fr- from these huge schools. It's just not going to happen. Maryland knows who they are, and it's going to be a lot of three stars, maybe some lower caliber four stars. It's very difficult for them to get some of these top five-star guys. So you kind of have to take that into consideration. And Loxley's still getting these valuable guys, right? And while it may, may not be the huge splash, he's getting production. I mean, he did it last year too. And just, you know, kind of throw out a few guys. You mentioned Caden Frather, who obviously he, he was he was, he was was a home run hit for Maryland. Donnell Brown, who I know you wrote a story about. He was one of Maryland's best overall defenders, Jordan Phillips as well. So these guys, these were, you know, three-star recruits, Juco, but that's what Maryland's getting. So Maryland kind of needs to find diamonds in the rough. And if you're a Maryland fan, you kind of hope that they're able to do that with some of the guys they land they land uh, this year. Right now, it's they've only gotten three guys so far in the portal. That's inevitably going to, cl- that's going to climb up probably closer to double digits. But as well, the guys going out, you'll probably see that number uh, increase a little bit. Uh, the one guy we haven't talked about also uh, that committed to Maryland. Um, uh, 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 oh my, I'm sorry, so much. I am so sorry, Brian. A few nights ago was Josh was Josh Kaltenberger. He is an offensive lineman from Purdue. Has been there for uh, four years, I believe. Seasoned guy. Uh, has double-digit appearances. Only has a couple stars under his belt. But to get a guy who's played in the Big Ten for a couple of years, uh, we've kind of seen this with, with Loxley through the years. He likes he likes to grab gra- graduate uh, seniors, upperclassmen on the line to replace, and to get a guy who has experience in the Big Ten. Well, I think will I think will be a, a big help. All right, 
And I think we kind of heard uh, Loxley talk about uh, in the beginning of the season when the offensive line seemed to be kind of a major concern is how these guys were kind of ramping up to Big Ten play coming from, you know, maybe FCS schools or kind of smaller conferences. But, I mean, Kaltenberg hasn't, you know, played a ton, only seven starts for Purdue, but he's a guy that knows what to expect. And he's somebody that Maryland needs on the offensive line. They have a lot of guys – um, either running out of eligibility or potentially going to the draft. Um, and he's going to be a guy that's in a prime position to start and somebody that Maryland needs. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and, and I guess with that, we can kind of take a few minutes to kind of look at, at an outlook a little bit uh, of next year's roster. Obviously, still a lot of moving parts. We'll probably see more guys enter, uh, leave, and and uh, and come into the team. But just, I guess, a few highlights for me, like we mentioned before, is definitely in the secondary. Um, a lot of concern there uh, for me, uh, even with uh, Husky coming into the team for now. If you look at it right now, you think Glenn Miller and Dante Trader will, will probably start. Um, that that, that uh, That's taking out Husky. So you think Husky is, throw, is thrown into the fire a little bit there. Then outside of that, the depth is not so strong. Uh, you have a lot of guys who, who didn't see a ton of minutes. We should have mentioned as well. Avante Williams, he also entered the portal. Uh, he was a Miami transfer from this past season. He didn't really see uh, much action. He was a former top 50 recruit. So kind of two teams now he's transferred from. So uh, we wish him the best, but has not had success at a few schools. But back back to Merrill's current depth uh, in the secondary. It's it's bleak. Uh, outside of, of Glenn Miller, uh, Trader, and Husky, you have guys like Chance Harley and Perry Fisher who have seen really limited snaps, Rex Fleming as well. And that's really it right now. Um, so you have to assume they're gonna Lox is gonna try to get a, a few a few more guys out of the portal. They have a few uh highly rated recruits coming in. Brandon Jacob, uh he's a safety out of Florida, was kinda a shaky decision if if, if he was going to commit during National Signing Day. He reaffirmed his commitment so so he'll he'll be headed towards College Park uh Next year, so he might have a role, but it's very hard for freshmen uh, uh, to get roles in defenses. And then, and then Lloyd Irvin, who who's a high three star recruit out of out of uh, Upper Marlboro, but still a lot of question marks in the secondary uh, for me for Maryland. Right. Yeah, you mentioned kind of Loxley dipping back into that transfer portal, and I I think he needs to. Um, you know, maybe out of the three guys that played last year and some of the freshmen, you can kind of string together some slot corner minutes but as far as just having a solidified number two outside guy next to husky i you i think you need someone else with more experience i don't think anybody else is going to be able to match up against now these teams that you're playing now with you know oregon usc yeah no no that's that's the experience that's the point i was gonna make exactly right i mean especially when you look at the schedule for next year this kind of seems like these these are going to this is a schedule that can kind of wear you out um, playing teams, you know, playing teams like Washington and and, and Oregon and traveling to the West Coast, and you're going to need depth, and they don't have that in the secondary. Uh, is there another position group uh, where you think they they definitely need to improve on their depth? 
I would say linebacker as well, just yeah. because they lost they lost Barham, Wilmot, um, and Gate. Those are three guys who were either starting or getting significant yeah. or significant roles. All three yeah. of them played a significant role in Maryland's defense. Yeah. So those are three guys you need to replace. And again, you know, maybe the transfer portal is where Loxley should look. I mean, he's lost ten guys, brought in three. That yeah. do the math. That's not really adding up. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you there uh, with the linebackers. I mean, Ruben Hippolyte, it look it actually looks like likely uh, that that he is going to uh, to return. Um, you have Kellen Wyatt. You have you have a guy like 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 Fanage Gote who's who is out of eligibility. So right now you just you have Ruben Hippolyte, Kellen Wyatt, Caleb Wheatland, and then it's kind of it looks a little questionable. And Maryland definitely needs to to, to replenish. Their depth there, and then last but not least, uh, is is the offensive line, right? I, I I mean, it was the concern two years ago. It was the concern this year. It's the it's the concern for this coming year. Uh, Maryland looks looks really weak on on the offensive line, especially uh, if DJ Glaze uh, decides to go in, into the NFL draft. I, I mean, you're you're losing at least three of your guys, right? In uh, three three of your stars stars from this year, and Gotti, Corey Bullock, Mike. Mike Purcell. I mean, no disrespect to Kyle Long, but if but if you're only returning starting offensive lineman is is Kyle Long and and you're going into a more heated Big Ten schedule, it's going to be very difficult to win games. Yeah, I think if you're any team in the Big Ten and you only have one starting lineman returning, no matter who it is, you're going to have some difficulty. I mean, the offensive line is something is a positional group that needs to gel almost as much as any. Um, as far as you know, trade offs and and blitz packages go. So, I I don't know what the answer is. I I don't know if Loxley has some some guys that he's been developing. That he's things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, you know, they just brought in yeah. uh Caldenberg, and I th- I think they'll probably look to the transfer portal yeah. uh, more kind of like they did last season, just kind of scrapping together some some graduates who they think they can play, who are experienced enough to kind of play in the Big Ten. Yeah. That's kind of a similar outlook. As long as Glaze is there, it shouldn't be too much of a drop off uh, from last year's line. Which, for all the questions and concerns that came into the season, they actually performed pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe exceeded expectations. I would say, uh, but if Glaze leaves, then that's that's huge. That's two tackles you have to replace. I mean, if D- if DJ Glaze leaves, you're you're not only losing an all conference guy. You're losing one of the best overall players on your team, and you're losing probably a, a second day, early second day uh, draft pick uh, to the NFL. So, I mean, what Loxley did last year was obviously he he got a lot of guys from JUCO, um, got a lot of 22, 23-year-olds. I would kind of expect him uh, to to do the same thing. And if I mean, if you look at his at his 2024 freshman recruiting class. I mean, the offensive line is often considered kind of a position of development, so you're not going to see a lot of these guys start. But, I mean, three quarters – I mean, not three quarters. A, a, a third of the class is built up of, of, of offensive linemen. So Loxley knows it's a, it's a position of need, and he's obviously hoping to develop a lot of these guys. So this won't become a yearly discussion of Maryland only has one starter. How are they going to build this? But uh, But for next year, he's definitely still – in that position where it's uh where it's definitely looking uh pretty bleak on the offensive line. Uh 
football wise, I, I, I think we covered a lot of the news for now. There's going to be inevitably there's going to be big guys that are, that are going to end up leaving in the next few weeks. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, I think, to discuss National Signing Day, which is in five days from now to see if there's any uh, big surprises there. There definitely are some guys Maryland's working uh, to flip on. We won't say anything until that you know comes to fruition, possibly. But I think we should briefly talk uh, about basketball. Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of discussion around that team, but uh, in the last game, we saw something very very positive, which we had not seen in a very long time. Maryland was able to shoot the ball. I wasn't at the game; you were, so I'll, I'll, you have the floor. Right? Yeah. Um, kind of from the from the get go, you kind of it had a different feeling. Uh, Jamie Kaiser Jr. hit a three, and then Noah Bachelor hit a three back to back. I don't know if it's the first time it's happened all season, but I can't remember any time this season that they've hit back-to-back threes, and that was a sign of good things to come. Uh, the shot, I believe it was 46 47% from three, their season high. Um, and, yes, it wasn't against an elite uh, competitor, but shooting the ball is shooting the ball. Um, I mean, you got to hit open looks no matter who you're playing. So definitely, definitely a good sign. And, something that Willard has told the fan base to calm down. So let's see if what? this is a what? sign of things to continue. Yeah. So no, well, you mentioned, right. And and I mean, they played Alcord state. So that, that, that's a one win team, but Maryland has had a lot of open shots. They had a lot of open shots in their first nine games and they weren't making shots. They were able to make their open shots. Deshaun Howard Smith, for me, he was the biggest revelation. He could not make a free throw, a mid range, Three, I mean, and then he went three for four from distance against Alcorn State. Jamie Kaiser as well. I think he had double-digit points. Mm-hmm. If those two can shoot the ball with confidence and start making it, I mean, Jameer Young, he only made one three, and, he, and he's, the, he's the team's leading uh, three-point scorer. But, I mean, if Maryland can, can shoot the three, I don't want to say the season is changed because they have a lot more offensive struggles than that. Uh, for sure, and the only games which they've put up respectable offensive amounts have been in their bye games. But still, encouraging to see whether it translates to Big Ten play or not is obviously um, the big discussion. But to see Jamie Kaiser, Deshaun Harris-Smith, to see them make shots, to see even Noah Bassler come off the bench, hit a, hit a few triples, it's a good sight uh, because the offense before that they were the second worst three point shooting team in Division One, um, 361st out of 362 for those out there. Um, offensive efficiency was in the 200s. Everything shot up, shot up about 30 places uh, after that game against Alcorn State. But, uh, but yeah, definitely will yeah. be interesting to see Maryland play a, a, a more formidable opponent and see if maybe uh, that can translate, especially with, uh, with UCLA on the road in the horizon, that game will be very telling. Uh, if Maryland can, I don't think they will because they they don't know how to play on the road, but if they're able to shoot the ball well on the road and someone pull a victory there, I think this season is completely turned on its head, but a long way to that. Um, with that, I think we covered maybe some optimism coming to the basketball team. Uh, a lot of, Turnover happening right now with the football program. Some notable losses in Jay Sean Barham and Corey Dicious. But uh, I think that's all. Colin, got anything to add? 
Um, yeah, just one last thing about uh Deshaun Harris Smith. Um, yep. Willard was very, very adamant and confident that uh DHS's shot would come along literally in the post game press conference before Alcorn State, and then he comes out against Alcorn State and hits three of four. Uh, just to note, he was two of 22 on the season before that night. So he and there were a lot of bricks. There were a lot of bricks. It was a lot of just backboard. Um, uh, and so he made more threes in that one night than he has all season. So it's just kind of funny to see uh, Willard be so adamant about, oh, his shot's going to come. I promise you his shot's going to come. I'm so, so confident by the end of the season it'll be there. And the next game he kind of shows out for him. But, yeah, that's uh, – the, the freshmen are encouraging, and I think they'll kind of be the X factor with Young and Reese always doing their things. If Maryland just beats Nickel State – and doesn't and sweeps their bye games, then they they just they need to do well in Big Ten play, stay all right at home, and I think I think they'll have a pretty good chance at making the postseason. But a long season ahead of us, we don't know what's going to happen, so no more speculating. Uh, we will see you probably the next time we'll see you on the Tessera's Art Podcast. Is probably uh, maybe live from Nashville, uh, po- possibly, which uh, for the Music City Bowl, but. Uh, We'll see what happens then. Thank you, thank you, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this is Andrew Chodas and Colin McNamara. See you next week.